Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for CEO Exclusive, brought to you by Anona Enterprises. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to CEO Exclusive, where we get emerging trends from CEOs and their most trusted advisors. And on today's show, I'm really excited because we have um, Lee Cantor and Stone Payton, who are actually the owners of Business Radio X. And I've had the pleasure of working with them over the course of the year. And I wanted to take an opportunity because um, on the show, we talk about not only trends in, in the industries of the CEOs that we interview, but also the relationships that make those businesses work. And um, they are an amazing team. And I've loved working with them. And I've wanted to do this interview for a while. And now I've had the, I'm going to have the opportunity to do that and share that with with our listeners. So um, we always start the show by talking about trends in your industry that you think other CEOs should know about. So I'm going to toss that over to Stone. And, you know, Stone, tell us a little bit about, you know, trends in, in internet radio and in media that you think are really important for CEOs to be aware of. Well, what I think I've uh, seen particularly recently is that uh, the media is getting very fragmented. And I think people want to listen to what they want when they want. And I think that we're finding that uh, more traditional um, channels of media are having to take a little bit of a, a bit of a backseat to some of these other platforms like internet radio. I see a, a great many people creating things on uh, video platforms and people are paying attention. Now they may not be reaching these mass quantities of listeners or viewers, but they are deciding who they want to serve and they are reaching them very effectively. And it, uh, it, it can and does have a substantial impact on businesses if it's architected properly and executed properly. And uh, I, I think that's, uh, that, that Lee and I, our organization and our clients have really benefited from that trend. I think it's only going to continue. And what about you, Lee? What are you seeing that you think are, is important for, for CEOs to know? I think that um, they have to look at their media amplification strategy a little differently than they had in the past. Before, there used to be just a handful of trade magazines or maybe national magazines or newspapers that they can just target and then try to uh, use to leverage their messaging. And today, you can literally find a blogger, a podcaster, an internet radio show in any niche subject. And you really have to start in incorporating that as part of your media strategy. Yeah. And so one of the things that's been on the show, this course that's been on the show quite a lot is, is this notion that when it comes to media and um, marketing of going um, narrow and deep rather than shallow and wide. Right. And so as, as you think about that for Business Radio X, you know, why do you why do you think this particular platform is working for you and what are you seeing in terms of the growth of your own platform? Well, I think the what resonates with our guests and our listeners are the fact that we're long form. So uh, people who are interested in the topic like to get a lot of the information from it. And when they find a show they like specifically, they'll download everything. It's like Netflix. You know, you find that show you like on Netflix and you're uh, binge watching, you know, every episode that you can find. So uh, we've been kind of doing that since we were born. We've been doing that has been our philosophy since we started. And that's what that's proven to, to be valid and it's um, spreading in a lot of different areas. And so for people who are listening, um, who are starting to look at their thought leadership and maybe looking at some sort of podcast or Internet radio as a part of their thought leadership mix, 
What recommendations do you have for how to get that initial traction? Um, because you do need some kind of a following in order for it to work, uh, <clears throat> even if it's very narrow. So what are your recommendations for how to develop that initial following? Well, what we do with our clients and our, the underwriters of our shows, we tell them that what you want to position yourself as, as the media, the de facto media source for the niche that you're serving. So in order to do that, you have to obviously have compelling guests. You have to have relationships with the associations and the, um, the business groups that serve that niche. You have to have the celebrities and the thought leaders that already exist to sprinkle them in as well so that you can be truly seen as the kind of de facto media outlet of your niche. So I think maybe I'm a little bit jaded with regard to, to following. I believe with all my heart that the, the better path is to focus on building relationship with the people whom you're interviewing and capturing, harvesting that, uh, that thought leadership from and doing good work. And then I think you'll get the following that is meaningful. And if you're doing good work and genuinely serving, the right following uh, will not only come, but they will stay. So in my case, particularly, I don't put a great deal of energy in going and getting a following and then trying to, to, to serve the following. I go and get the content that I believe will genuinely serve, and then I find that the, that the following comes. They follow, hence the name, following. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So tell me a couple, couple follow-up questions. How many shows do you have across all your platforms? He has no idea. I have I no idea. I don't either, but I think it's somewhere between 108 and 125. All right. So you guys obviously, and you've been around for forever. So obviously, you see. <laughs> see. What do you mean by that? <laughs> and so obviously, you, uh, you've seen a lot of shows, right? And you've probably seen a lot come and go. What makes a good, compelling show that you think um, is built to last? It's one that serves their niche, whatever the group is that they're trying to serve and really trying to amplify the messages of that group to get the word out, to to really promote and help the constituents in that group. Those are the ones that stick around. And so when can you break that down for us? What does that mean? Because that's a little bit vague, right? So is it about the show format? Is it about the guests? Is it the topics? Like help us understand. It's, it it's all of the above. Like, um. After your show, a little later on today, we do a show, uh, I think they just celebrated their 250th episode. Uh, they serve the senior market. So they'll have on somebody from Alzheimer's, they'll have somebody that runs assisted living, hospices. Is it a weekly weekly format? weekly show. Okay, so that's five, basically five close years, to five years. Yeah. Right. And, that, um, and they are just spotlighting, they call them the heroes in that space. The people who are doing the work to serve the senior marketplace. Now, their, their business is in the senior marketplace, so there is an agenda for themselves to kind of integrate themselves in that marketplace. But by truly um, helping and serve and, and getting the word out for all of the people that are in there, all the constituents, they have a compelling show that the people in, they are the go-to place. If you want to know anything about the senior market, especially here in Atlanta, if you went to their show and just started skimming around, you would know everything. They're totally immersed in that niche. And so when you say that they, they serve the market, is it just that they are aggregating the people 
that are in that market? Is it that they're aggregating the stories? They're giving them a voice. These people don't have a voice. That's the challenge. Most businesses go about their business heads down, just doing the work that they do. No one is supporting and celebrating them. No one is giving them a platform to tell the world what they do. No one, no one is giving them the access to the content for them to share, to tell even their friends and family what they do. How many times have you been with family and they had no clue what you did? Well, my mom still doesn't know what I do for <laughs> right. a living. Well, you think that's unique with you? That's the way it is uh, Yeah, I did think it was just unique with me. <laughs> so there's people every day that are doing good work and that nobody knows about it. Right, 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 right. And how long do you think um, it takes before you can tell whether or not a show has a good concept and is really serving the market effectively. How long has your show been on? Uh, since February. <laughs> I'd say since February. That would be a good window of time. <laughs> so five months? No, no when have you seen the results? When did you feel like, hey, this is good work and people are appreciating what I'm doing? Well, it's interesting because I think we originally had the show concept back in like November or October and didn't launch till February. And it was even before then. Before I launched, every single person I spoke to, without exception, said, "Do it. It's it's going to be great." And then just three months later, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you'll know if it's working. If you can't get guests, if no one's interested in being a guest, then probably the show isn't a good idea. If you go out to the marketplace and say, "Hey, I'm doing a show about blank. Hey, would you like to be a guest?" If people are like, "Nah, that's not. I'm not. That's not for me," then I would rethink it. But if people are wanting to come on the show, if people are wanting to share the stuff that you're doing, then you're probably on to something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so as, you know, we kind of tease out what, you know, what makes a good show versus not, not, how much do you think the personality of the host matters? Does it matter whether or not the, the host is a great personality? Um, I don't think it matters that much. I think there's some basic things that we try to teach our hosts uh, to be good listeners. We, Stone calls it the combination of ignorance and curiosity, uh, that um, if a host has those two qualities, then they're, they're going to be able to get the job done. But if you have a voice like our uh, producer, Ryan, here, that's not hurting you. Mm -hmm. And how saturated do you think the market is? Because it feels like one could say that like everybody has a blog or a podcast or blah, blah. Do you think that the, the market is saturated? I don't. I think there's a uh, plenty of room for for growth and opportunity in in the market and I think like any other market the again those who are genuinely serving and providing value are going to rise to the top those who aren't are going to fall off to the to the wayside. Right. Is there a saturation of hamburger restaurants? <laughs> I, I don't eat I don't eat you meat. You don't eat so, meat. So, so it's like <laughs> I don't it's hard know. for me to tell. Are there a saturation of restaurants? We, there are a lot of them, but there's always room for one exactly. more. Exactly, somebody doing something special. Great, 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 great. And so what are your plans as you look forward to the you know, the, the growth of Business Radio X? What are you looking forward to? Uh, we're looking forward to putting a Business Radio X studio in every pro-business market in the country. And what defines a pro-business market? Uh, one that supports are what we're trying to accomplish of amplifying the messages of business in the marketplace, the the cities and, and um, states and counties that really appreciate business and that are on the side of business. Our platform isn't, we're not investigative journalists. You know, we're not here to find the scandal and the bad news. We're here to support and celebrate business. 
and we want to tell the stories of business. So a community that can get behind that, that's going to help us um, introduce us to the business owners and the business leaders, that's a group that we can work with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And where are you now if you want to be in every pro-business market in the country? All right. So uh, we I was asked this the other day, and I didn't know. But let me see if we I gotta can. we got to do better we, knowing We need to have stuff. that answer. Somebody should write these statistics for us. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in Metro Atlanta with five or six studios. You would think I would know which of those numbers, but it's one of those numbers. We're in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're in Chattanooga, North Carolina. We're in Pensacola. Chattanooga, Tennessee. See there? <laughs> Chattanooga, Tennessee. Pensacola, Florida. What am I missing? Um, Do you say Birmingham? We're, we're not working there on yet. Birmingham. We're working on Birmingham. And, and but I Huntsville. Do, I do believe Birmingham, Huntsville, Tallahassee, Savannah, these are some of our near-term um, uh, t- targets for putting new studios. They all meet that criteria. Uh, we've already vetted them to that point that Lee was just describing. And that has been incredibly encouraging to go in and just sit down and visit with the economic development people there, the local business leaders, the associations, the chambers. And you can tell pretty quickly, and in a Savannah, in a Chattanooga, in a Pensacola, these people, I, embrace is not even the right word. I mean, they just open arms. Right. They are ready. They are thirsty. They want so very much to, to work with us, and, and we're looking forward right. to let, it. Let, let me share an example, if I may. We went into, um, which one do you want to pick? Let's pick uh, Pensacola. Absolutely. My hometown, by the way. Right. right. So we went there. Why don't you share the story? Okay, so Pensacola. Well, I'll, I'll share the full story. I, I knew that at some point I wanted to have a studio in Pensacola. Uh, this year, my dad had a little bit of heart trouble, so I knew over the spring and in the summer I needed to be down in Pensacola and was going to travel. So that, as, in doing that, I moved Pensacola up in the list. of. Uh, so I advanced the, the time frame. Went down uh, the very first time I needed to hang out with mom and dad, try to you know be supportive of him and, and keep mom sane during this whole process. Went in just, uh, you know, like a Bible salesman, you know, just <laughs> just cold as you please into the Center uh, for Innovation uh, and, and Entrepreneurship and just told uh, Kelly Reeser there who runs it. I just told her what we were doing. And I said, I, we'd like to have a studio. Here's what we do. You know, we do long form conversations. We capture stories. And I mean, from that point forward, the, the, the Pensacola business community just absolutely opened their arms to us. So we went down a couple of times and did a, a remote broadcast where we, you know, we, we take essentially this studio and we set up and started interviewing local business leaders. And it was it was uh, apparent very quickly on we need to be in this uh, in this town. And then uh, let me pause it for one second. They when he says open their arms, he means literally here. Come in here. No charge here. Let me connect you with half a dozen business people that are going to be on the show. Like they're not just giving us lip service that they want us there. They're they're you know using their actions to demonstrate that it's important for them because it's it it works to their mission of getting you know they're there to promote business in the in their market. So if somebody's coming in and says, "Hey, I want to come in and interview and amplify the messages of your market," that's good for everybody. Well, and I'll tell you, it didn't hurt that I was able to share the story, and you'll do a better job than I was of uh, of Gwinnett. And right. uh, and uh, Columbia, so you you ought to interject that probably. Right, uh, that's um one of our one of my favorite stories that just recently happened. Um, we have a studio in Gwinnett County, which is a northern suburb of Atlanta, and uh, during the show, it that show has an affiliation with the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce, which is a very active chamber of commerce in the area. 
during one episode of Gwinnett Business Radio, they were inter you know they interview business leaders. One of the people they were interviewing was somebody who has a similar job as you. They're a strategic uh, consultant, and they help people with business plan and planning and things like that. There was a company in Colombia, South America, that was listening because they were contemplating moving to America. And they were looking for where in America should we move? You know, it's a blank sheet of paper for them. They don't know where to go. So they, Gwinnett County was on their list of places they were considering. Um, so they're, you know, Googling Gwinnett. One of the things that show up is Gwinnett Business Radio. It's all about the Gwinnett business climate. So they were listening for a long time, uh, episode after episode, to get kind of the lay of the land of what's happening. They're getting it from the horse's mouth. This isn't a brochure. This isn't a website. This isn't, you know, kind of a Chamber of Commerce PR video. This is the good, the bad, the ugly from the people who are living there and doing business there. So they were they were very interested in the content that was being produced there. So they found this strategic uh, consultant, asked her firm to help them with their plan about expanding to America. And eventually what happened was they moved to Gwinnett County at a multi-million dollar company from Columbia moved and relocated to Gwinnett County. I mean, not because of the show specifically, but the show helped them make this kind of a decision because it gave them a true picture of what they were getting into. It wasn't, you know, kind of uh, the rose-colored glasses that some of, you know, where somebody has an agenda would be kind of pitching them the city. So uh, bottom line is we're good for economic development. Kelly uh, saw that and would have believed that. Uh, and that's it, the, the person in economic development in right. Pensacola. In, in, in Pensacola. So, uh, But fast forward to where we are now in Pensacola. At the beginning of October, we have a owner-operator owning Business Radio X, uh, Pensacola Business Radio there, uh, and some really cool kind of uh, co-working innovation space in just just off of downtown Pensacola. Um, that young man has already uh, partially uh, with by virtue of having this platform uh, made himself um, to some degree indispensable as part of that economic development equation to a variety of business organizations uh, there in town. He is uh, going to be doing, in fact, Ryan, our producer that today, is going to be going down to Pensacola Beach to help them do a remote broadcast at a tech conference. And he has a regular rhythm of several shows already and a great many people there who are interested in underwriting individual shows so they can serve the constituencies that are important to them. And a handful of uh, what I would call Just Because sponsors people in the community that, that are, are like-minded uh, and would really resonate with this whole conversation we're having right now and just want to support what, what we're doing there. And we believe that what we've done here in Metro Atlanta, what we're doing in Pensacola, we believe that we can do that uh, in a great many markets here in the country and abroad. It, uh, this, it is so much fun. It beats the heck out of working, Swainy. It really does. <laughs> well, here's a question for you as we talk about strategy and your plans for, for Business Radio X. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you go about your planning and how you arrived at this particular strategy for your company. Um, I'm not <laughs> understanding the question. <laughs> and I want you to know that the plan was tight as a drum, and we execu- <laughs> we have stumbled and fallen and tripped 
And we're on like our fourth generation of the model. No, we've really been clumsy about it, don't you think? Right. I mean, I think it's easier to focus on what we would like to happen. <laughs> <laughs> what The way that uh, we envision this is... Um, Again, the influence of our producer, Ryan. I can't give him enough credit because he has really brought to light some really important things in our organization in a short period of time. One of which is a group that he's involved with, uh, which is called CrossFit. CrossFit um, has kind of... You mean of, the exercise people? Yes. Okay. Has disrupted the fitness industry Completely. dramatically. Yeah. Okay. And we're trying to take a page out of their book, really, and create a flat organization and make it easy for people to open up uh, Business Radio X Studios. And, um, you know, and it's their own business. This is their own, um, you know, entrepreneurial venture. We want to just help them with some of the back end stuff and help them with the brand and help them, you know, use some of our methodology to serve the marketplace because they may not be, um, you know, obviously broadcasters or, or marketing people that you need to be in order to successfully run a business radio X studio in a market. So, we're trying to kind of learn from what CrossFit's doing and be as disrupted uh, as they are to fitness to the media and to marketing in a, in a given market. And as you as you think about the disruptive, I mean, why why would you say that you're disruptive? Because because we come in, we don't do traditional advertising. That's inter interruption. That we're we're trying to do what by any means necessary to get uh, listeners or eyeballs. We're not trying to do. You know, lead. You know, if it bleeds, it leads. We're, that's not what we're about. We're not trying to, you know, just create attention for attention's sake, like a lot of the media outlets do. We're trying to tell the stories of business. Mm -hmm. And then it, it would also seem that your model of allowing kind of democratizing the studio experience also seems pretty disruptive as well. Right. So who would be who's an ideal um, studio owner? To me, an ideal studio owner is somebody who really believes business is important and that wants to be a connector and help amplify the stories that are happening in their market. If their heart is in that place, then they're going to be successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got more specific criteria. Go ahead. Uh, I like women. I like to work with women. You like women, huh? I like women. You like women. <laughs> I, I like to work with women. That's I in married... our business plan. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I, I, I live with a woman. I raise two young women. Uh, I find women smarter, more collaborative, better with money, more coachable. I'm not saying that uh, I, I won't or don't uh, work with men, but uh, yeah, I, I like working with women. And I, we have had a great many uh, women entrepreneur kind of organizations come through our various studios. And every time it just sort of underscores and, and revalidates uh, my prejudice, if you, if you will. I think there's a tremendous opportunity in so many of these markets for a woman who may have made the conscious choice to leave the workforce and stay at home for, for a while and is now ready to re-enter uh, the marketplace. I think we could be a tremendous opportunity for her. I think we can be a tremendous opportunity for the woman who is engaged in a professional services uh, capacity all, already, but who would like to complement or supplement that by owning and operating her own business, Radio X Studio. Um, and so, so females, for Stone anyway, that I, I just really uh, like working with women. I also think as we continue to grow, we're going to find that we're going to be partnering more and more with challenger brand owners 
of these co-working spaces, these uh, executive suite kind of spaces, because they already have space, which is essentially the only uh, upfront investment you have to make to, right. to run a business radio X. I, and, and so, you know, men, women in between, I, I think we're going to, I think we're going to find ourselves partnering with more of those folks too, don't you? Yep. I mean that we play very nicely with the startup community, with entrepreneurs in general, especially people who are in the beginning stages of their entrepreneurial journey. Um, they really benefit from l doing a lot of interviews and learning about, uh, business in general. I mean, that's one of the my favorite parts of this business is when I started the business and I was in uh, Ryan's chair as a producer, I sat in on everybody's show. I learned about every business. Usually when you're in a business, you learn about that niche and, and, and you learn about that network and those people that are involved in there. But for him, like he's doing your show, so he'll get to meet CEOs. Next, he'll do, uh, I think he's doing a technology show, so he'll be working with the technology folks. And then after that is the senior services show. So he learns about that network. He's learning about all kinds of different businesses and the people who run them. So, I mean, if if that's important to you or if you like that, I mean, what better seat to be in? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so tell me, how long have you had, how long ago did you start the business? Please. I started it. It started as a lifestyle business for me while I was a stay at home dad. Mm. So I was doing it on a part time basis, uh, one or two days a week and doing uh, just one show. And then it, I had the idea, hey, this might be something that other people, other business people might benefit from. And uh, I found somebody that was a really good networker and I'm a terrible networker. And I'm like, hey, Amy, why don't you be my co-host? You go out to your networking and then you bring in the guests and then I could just sit here and then, you know, do what I do. And she's like, okay, after a while I convinced her. And then uh, she did that. It really helped her business. And then I just eventually started just getting some of her guests became clients over time. And I would just slowly build up kind of a studio's worth of clients. And how long ago was that? Uh, what is it? Eight years now, probably. Great, great. And when did Stone come along? So I was a guest on Amy and Lee's show. It probably was a matter of weeks uh, before I became a client. I decided to underwrite my own show. I was uh, speaking at the time, and I'd self-published a book, and I found it to be a marvelous platform for getting in relationship very quick, uh, very quickly and more substantively with the people who I needed to serve. And then it's probably not very many more weeks or months before I conned Lee into <laughs> letting me invest in the, in the business. So I, then I became... Uh, conned you? you twisted yeah, your arm. That's how I, well, so I became an investor uh, and, and an equity partner. And so I, I, I latched on to Lee's coattails within a matter of weeks or just a, a few months from, from learning about Business Radio X. And I, I'm not letting go. But that's a, the point was that he got to experience it as a guest, saw the value as an underwriter, and then together we said, you know what, we can create systems and replicate this in other markets. And then since Stone kind of uh, joined forces, we've been that's been our focus to move away from, you know, me being having this as a lifestyle business in a studio to creating the systems and processes needed to replicate and to grow around the country. So tell me, what's the biggest challenge that you guys have faced as you have worked together over the past eight years? Oh, he is very difficult. No, <laughs> no, he's a real pleasure to, to work. The The biggest challenge for me that I haven't cracked yet is uh, at the moment, I'm not having as many conversations as I would like to have with 
prospective Business Radio X owner-operators, I've still got to learn, and I'm continuing to try to learn how to have more of those conversations. I want a conversation with someone in Phoenix and Baltimore and New York and you know all these uh, all these markets. And so I just got to I, I need to have more of those conversations. Right. The, the, the challenge that we're having is that our um, platform works extremely well in a hyperlocal market. And as you can tell by the number of studios we have here in Atlanta, because the platform helps us meet and build relationships quickly with people who kind of can experience firsthand what we do. As we expand outside of Atlanta, it's harder for them to understand really uh, viscerally what we do. Because now we look like for the person in Phoenix, we look like any other internet radio company. And that's not really what we do. Hmm. So they can't experience it firsthand to see the power of of us in action. So it sounds to me like you're you're gro- developing a sustainable growth strategy is your is your biggest biggest challenge. Right. Absolutely. We haven't cracked the code on how to meet the appropriate you know the potential owner operator in other markets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so as you guys look at think about your work together. Um, you obviously, I mean, I, I see a, a great chemistry, right, between the two of you. Um, and that's actually fairly unusual, right, in, in terms of partnerships. You hear about partnerships, you know. Well, Stone's very easy to get along with. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is. He's, he's, he's great. Um, so I'm just wondering, you know, how, what, what's your philosophy on, on your partnership? And how do you guys think about your, your work together? Um, we're just very collaborative and I think philosophically we're on the same page of what we're trying to accomplish. So all the, you know, any little bits of friction aren't that big of a deal because our eye is on, we're both so aligned on the, the big prize. So the details aren't that, you know, we're not dying on any little hill. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so what, how do you divide labor? Like, and how did you decide who was going to focus on what? Like, what this uh, this was simple because he said that all I had to do was just smile and look pretty, and he (laughs) did everything else. So that's how I. That's how we divide the labor. So I'm in charge of conflict and money internally and externally. I'm a big believer in candor. I don't have a great memory, long term or short term. So I have to rely on the truth and and candor. (laughs) And I do have a philosophy of about partnership. I believe. I believe I owe this to all of my my clients, my colleagues, but I specifically and particularly believe that I owe the benefit of my best thinking and my complete candor to my business partner, Lee. And I have experienced that he genuinely does respect my opinion. And so I do share my opinion um, with very little varnish on it, typically to all of those constituencies, but particularly with Lee. And the other part of that equation, though, is I do believe once we've had the conversation and I've shared my input, if we still disagree on what to do about it, there has to be ultimately a decision maker. And in our organization, ultimately, if he and I disagree, uh, he is the authority. And when we get on the other side of that door, I'm blowing that bugle and I'm waving that flag. And I think that's absolutely critical. Is that is that true, Lee? That you you can pull rank when you want to? Um, I can, but it's not something that I do. I mean, I'm a I build consensus. I try to under 
I want all the facts to make as an informed decision as possible. This isn't about ego. This isn't about me being right. I would rather get it right than me be right. And I don't care where that information comes from. And I'm nimble enough to be flexible. If new information comes up and we have to blow up six months worth of work because there's new information and something's changed, I feel comfortable enough to do that. It's not, there's nothing that is, um, yeah, there's certain things that are non-negotiable. Our mission is to tell the stories. We were pro-business. We're only going to work with quality businesses. We're not going to, you know, talk about porn or scams or, you know, kind of Ponzi schemes. That's not what we're about. So as long as it falls into those lines, we're just trying to get, tell as many stories as possible. Porn could be a whole new profit center. (laughs) That's why we put the X in Radio X. Well, I'll tell you this right now. We find almost every day, certainly weekly, there are a tremendous number of opportunities to make money with this platform or platforms like it. And one of the disciplines that we have to consistently exercise is staying focused on where we want to put our energy and resources it's very easy to chase down a shiny object. Um, and there's just, I mean, they come through all of the time. I will tell you right now, everything Lee just said a moment ago is absolutely true. And he is almost always right. I mean, he just, he just has tremendous instincts. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a real pleasure working with him. And part of it is I believe that he genuinely respects my, my opinion. Um, but I, I, I do believe with all my heart and I, and, for whatever my counsel is worth to other partnerships out there, at some point, I believe one person has to be the one that is is uh, is set up to make the ultimate decision if there's uh, any remaining disagreement after the due diligence and the conversation has taken place. Mm-hmm. And then, how do you look at um, team? You know, building the team outside of your at outside of yourself. Yeah, that's a great question. Wow, thank you. <laughs> I mean, what, what's the answer, Mr. <laughs> Strategy Consultant? I mean, it's um, we're trying to find like-minded people who believe in the mission, the mission, and want that want to be here. You know that this isn't just I'm good at this, so yeah, I'm in. This is somebody who believes that this is important because then then they're going to do the work that's necessary in order to make this happen. Because this isn't for everybody. I mean, this industry didn't exist. Nobody is doing it the way that we do it. So we're you know kind of doing things in an you know, uncharted territory here. So you got to have kind of this, a real belief in what we're trying to accomplish. But the good thing is that once you've been working here a short period of time, you see firsthand the impact that this makes in people's lives. So it's easier for them to kind of believe that this is possible and that it is, um, you know, that we're doing good work and we're valuable to a community. Yeah. And so as you think about your partnership, um, and, and how you make the partnership work. Do you guys have organized conversations where you're, or even in the beginning, did you sit down and talk about, well, you know, here, here's our set of shared values. You know, here's, here's, you know, what we, you know, Stone and Lee um, are creating together. Like how did that actually take place? How did you build the level of alignment that you guys have in your partnership? I, I think that this platform allows a lot of that to happen organically. I mean, when you work together, when you interview people together, then you get to know them. You know, when when you interview us now, don't you feel like you know us a little bit better than you did maybe before we started? Sure, yeah, absolutely. So th- if you are a good interviewer and a good listener 
and you're paying attention to the verbal and nonverbal cues, which this platform allows, that a lot of other media platforms don't allow, you get to know somebody in this environment, I think, in a much more accelerated pace. And that's what happened. I mean, we learned what's a hot button, what's really, really important. Not something you say is important, but you, you have an action around it to show that it is important. You get to see that in real life. Hmm. And yeah, I, I would agree that the platform allows for this, you know, kind of hyper sense of intimacy, right? This, right. Like, you know, real accelerated sense of, of intimacy and, and, and relationship building. And so now, as you think about this alignment that just happened organically, do you guys sit down and talk every so often about We the, talk all the time. I mean, not, I know that you talk all the time. You see each other every day. But do you guys have structured conversations in which you talk about the partnership and the future? We of the don't business? have anything structured in any way. At all. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, I mean, that's, I mean, that's probably a weakness of us. We're both not that person. We're not that structured either one of us we're very kind of make it up as you go along but with these overriding principles and values that we're working towards mm -hmm, mm -hmm. stone did you have anything you wanted to add uh, no not at all but he's absolutely right now we do try uh maybe in a little more structured uh fashion to share with prospective team members and uh independent studio owner operators what our values are so that they can at least get some, you know, right. We have to surround that. ourselves with people that write things down. I mean, that, <laughs> that's important because that's a weakness. We have to, we want, we know the importance of being able to replicate something. So we, you can't replicate hell with the blank page. Just make it up as you go along here, go, go forth and prosper. That's not going to work. So we have to surround ourselves with people who have that attention to detail and that, are that kind of um, personality type that likes to keep track of things and systematize things and get it out of our head so that it can be systematized. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I guess one question I have for you is, have you seen any drawbacks from just the, the, the lack of structure? Yeah, it's the speed of the growth isn't there. I mean, this is something that should be all over the place and we haven't cracked the code yet. And I attribute a lot of that to this lack of structure. Hmm. I think it's Lee's fault. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what happens when you had the, the, the guy exactly. who, 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 who pulls rank. And I thought you said that you always you were always supportive. <laughs> now, do you guys um, have like a, a close relationship outside of the studio? Do you like families do do stuff together and all that? Not really. Really, I'm I'm shocked to hear that. I'm a loner. <laughs> well, you're married. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not a people person at all. I mean, the the reason this business exists is because I'm not a people person. I had to create a mechanism in order to network and to um, meet people. Mm. So I created this for them to come to me. Are you actually an introvert? Totally. Absolutely. Really? I'm shocked. 100%. Like on the far end of introvert. And so you're on the radio and you've been on radio for forever. Yes. But... You're an introvert. I think a lot of the people in uh, in radio and show business in general are introverts. What about you, Stone? I believe myself to be a situational extrovert with surprisingly, probably for most people, low inclusion needs. So I'm quite comfortable spending a great deal of time with myself. 
And when called upon and when I believe it is going to, to be in service of me or someone else, then I turn on the extrovert button. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as you think about the, the introversion, I was, I'm shocked. I actually was thinking and hoping that you're going to say, yeah, we spend lots of time together outside <laughs> of the, outside of the studio. I, so I don't I'm spend like, time with anybody other than my family. No, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I am really kind of enamored with this idea of getting people who are doing work that matters together in a fun place, Tybee Island, down South Florida somewhere, Cabo, Bahamas or whatever, and just jamming. And having them bring a plus one, and we just hang out, and we talk about work that matters, very unstructured, but maybe have a little structure to it. You maybe mean like a, nonprofits, charities, stuff like that? Well, um, no, not necessarily, although it's fine with me. If, they, if they're doing work that matters, if they're not for profit, that's fine. But there's plenty of people who are doing work for profit that matters, uh, in my opinion. And so I would like to get six, eight, ten of those folks and plus one together in a fun place and just talk about the work we're doing and kind of let opportunities to collaborate or, or support uh, just organically develop. And, and I probably will be, will be doing that. Uh, and, and the first time maybe early in 2016, and I was sharing that with Lee, he wants no part of it. He doesn't, doesn't want to go. I said, you couldn't have picked something that I would be interested <laughs> in less than that. And I'm really jazzed yeah. about it. I'm right now thinking through, you know, because I'm thinking maybe I'll, I'll, I'll bring in an author and then I'll bring in some people from different disciplines. And now that you've mentioned it, maybe I will pick a, non, a nonprofit a, as well. Um, but I want to hang out with some folks, take a walk on a beach with, you know, another bright mind and, and, and see how we can serve and go out in the world and, and, and help more people and make more money. Uh, but I don't think Lee's going to be there. <laughs> or Abby. <laughs> She'd probably like to be. <laughs> Abby will probably, I'll invite Abby. <laughs> and she'll bring somebody else. Right. <laughs> she'll bring another plus exactly. one. That's what I told her, like, uh, for a birthday. I'm like, the best gift you can give me is have a party and not invite me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess, is the reason why this works for, for, for you, um, Lee, because it, it creates this sense that you're just with one person? Right. And I'm curious. I really want to know. I like to wear the interviewer hat and ask questions. I really want to know about the guest. Really. Like, I'm not pretending. Mm -hmm. And so for other people who are trying to build really high quality content, um, like you said, who are naturally curious, it. I think what I'm hearing you say is this is a way to... to have as an introvert, you know, manage the amount of people that you're dealing with, but still then be able to expose yourself to an, in, you know, an infinite right. number of people. And you're building a real, truly solid relationship with the person you're interviewing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, during the last segment of the show, I always ask about, you know, any other new and exciting things that you guys are that my guests are going to be embarking on. You've mentioned a couple studios that you're looking to open in the, the neighboring uh, geographies to Atlanta. Is there anything else that's happening at Business Radio X that you think listeners would find valuable? I made a down payment yesterday on a new deck. But that's not really business radio X, but it's a very exciting thing that's at my not house. Necessarily, not necessarily relevant to, to CEOs in the mid-market. Well, so. I don't know, though. It might be good for my peace of mind. It might impact my ability to, to serve the, the market. I personally am heads down on going out and having conversations with people and uh, seeing uh, who might be appropriate and really resonate with our mission 
and uh, and and put them in a position to to help people and make money and serve our mission of helping businesses get the get the word out about the great work that they're doing for their market, uh, for their community, and and for their profession. So I, I'm heads down on that for for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that's exactly right. That's all we're focused on is trying to tell more stories, put more studios, allows us uh, to tell more stories. Great. So to close the show, if people want to find out more about Business Radio X and uh, how they might be able to get a studio or start, you know, do their own show, how would how would they do that? If they are interested in talking about uh, a studio and, and serving a market, I'd, I'd like for them to reach out to me, Stone Payton. It's stone at businessradiox.com. Or they can text or dial me directly at 770-335-2050. How to get on a show? Um, I've long since forgotten, but I bet that our producer can tell them how someone uh, can reach out and, uh, and look to get on a show. What's the best way for them to do that, Ryan? They can send us an email directly. Um, you can email me, rmcpherson at businessradiox.com. Or any one of us here, we can get you one of the shows here in the Sandy Springs studio or even at one of our other Metro Atlanta studios. Um, so just reach out to us on the webpage. How do you spell McPherson, Ryan? M-C-P-H-E-R-S-O-N. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys, for a great show. This show is brought to you by Anona Enterprises, where strategy is your access to money and performance. Learn more at AnonaEnterprises.com.